Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. Hunger for success has been the topic. Last week, we looked at biblical legitimacy of hunger for success. We dwelt on the fact that the Bible recognizes that man's hunger transcends the hunger for physical food. We underscore the fact that man's need physical bread to satisfy biological hunger and that he needs the word of God to satisfy spiritual hunger. In like manner, man needs love to satisfy emotional hunger just as he needs sources to satisfy psychological hunger. All these were emphasized last week. We equally noted that life is a web of connected departments. So all these various hunger that I've mentioned, be it emotional, be it spiritual, be it psychological, be it biological, they are all connected. A situation whereby you satisfy one and you left the other unattended to will not make you a balanced Christian. So life is a web of connected departments that cannot be isolated completely from each other. So you can't completely isolate or remove your psychological being from your spiritual being. They are connected. For instance, a man is emotionally starved. A man that is emotionally starved will be psychologically unstable. That is why uh, in your, there's a, this Yoruba saying that be a you know, Hallelujah. So, a man that is emotionally starved will be psychologically unstable. Now, when a man is starved of love, when a man feels unwanted and his hunger for relationship is not satisfied, okay, such a man can also misbehave, can be psychologically unstable. So, pointing to the fact or buttressing the fact that uh, life is a web of connected uh, departments. So, the Bible teaches, like we mentioned last week, that man is a tripartite being. Spirit, soul, and body is what man is made of. And these three components feed on different diets. These three components, the spirit of man, the soul of man, and the body of man feel, feed on different diets. That's why the food that satisfies the body cannot satisfy the soul. The food that satisfies the body cannot satisfy the soul. Okay? You, can, you cannot be ignorant. Okay? And somebody will tell you, okay, go and be, re, go and be eating plenty ever. And then your brain will wake up. Are, are we together? So it's a different thing altogether that you will do to feed your brain. The spirit derives nourishment from a diet that is different from the one that satisfies the soul. Let me point this example to you. 
good or bad news does not make any direct difference on the body. Good or bad news, okay, does not make any direct difference on the body. It may eventually uh, have a resultant effect later. But in the immediate, good or bad news does not make any direct difference on the body. Happiness or sadness is of the soul. Are we together? Happiness or sadness is of the soul. Still trying to point to us that the different components that constitute the total man feed on different diets. When you receive good news, okay, it does not make your complexion light or dark. <laughs> Hello? But it affects your soul. Okay? As a result of which it can affect your brain. As a result of which you can think wrongly and take a wrong action that will damage your body. Are we together? I just pray for you in the name of Jesus. In whichever area you need satisfaction, the Lord will satisfy your hunger. In the name of Jesus. So today, we're going to focus on the role that strategic and holistic gospel preaching plays in managing hunger for success. If the issue of the hunger that man goes through is this multi-dimensional, how do we now structure the preaching of the gospel in such a way that no aspect of man is malnourished? In such a way that all aspects and dimensions of the hunger that we may go through are fully satisfied. So, what man actually needs to live a balanced life is the holistic gospel. What do I call it? The holistic gospel. Not one-sided gospel that just focuses on material needs or the one that just focuses on the spiritual needs alone. So, what man needs to live a balanced life is the holistic gospel. The holistic gospel that prioritizes the spiritual needs of the spirit and also does not take the physical need of the body for granted. Hello? It prioritizes, gives special attention, topmost attention to the spiritual needs of the soul. But does not also take for granted the physical needs of the body. Are we together? So the correct and complete gospel must not neglect any of the different components of the total need of man. The complete and correct gospel must not neglect any of the different components of the total need of a man or of the man. So a gospel preaching, therefore, that will satisfy the general hunger of man must be passionate about the soul. For what shall it profit a man that gains the whole world and loses his soul? The scripture went further and says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then every other thing will be neglected. Is that what you have in the Bible? Every other thing will be added. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. As your soul prosper, okay, your 
other depart the other department of your life will also prosper. In the name of Jesus. So Jesus never taught us that uh, as we take care of our soul, we should neglect our body. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other things will be added. Not every other things will be ignored. Not every other things will be neglected. Are we together? So, however, the preaching of the gospel must be passionate, passionate about the soul. At the same time, it must be proportionate to satisfy other areas of need too. It must be proportionate. It must be passionate. It must also be what? Proportionate. Okay? Somebody must not come to hear the gospel and you point him to heaven. Okay? But his mind is still unstable. He's still of a troubled heart over other issues of uh, life. Why? A disproportionate gospel will only produce a malnourished Christian that is not thoroughly furnished. And we have lots and lots of Christians of different categories that are malnourished. Some are malnourished spiritually. Some are malnourished materially. Some are malnourished psychologically. So what a disproportionate gospel will achieve is a malnourished Christian that is not thoroughly furnished. And what the scripture says about itself is that when we study the word of God, when we give attention to the word of God, it is to the end that uh, it will produce a man of God that is thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, I point to you the example, okay, that form a corollary of what we do when we don't make the gospel holistic. It's like somebody, and the only thing we do is to pay attention to the physical need, to the material need, and we neglect the needs of the soul and the needs of the mind. Okay? It's like somebody raising broiler chicken. And the reason broiler chicken can be easily and peak for slaughter is the disequilibrium in the body size and its level of intelligence. Hello, you know broiler chicken? Do you, do you struggle to pick them when you want to slaughter them? Compare with uh, the local chicken. You can't find any out of smartness in broiler chicken. So, and the reason that can happen is because there is disequilibrium in the body size and its level of uh, intelligence. But compare that to police uh, intelligence dog. If you are to train a dog for intelligence operation, you'll be interested not just in the body size. You will pay attention to its mental development too. Is that not the case? For the broiler chicken, the greatest weakness is that uh, <laughs> once food is available, they don't know when to stop eating. I think I have, uh, bro uh, I have uh, chicken farmers in the house. Once food is available, eh, they don't know when to stop eating. They are not even aware of when danger is lurking around them. 
they can eat sauté until they die there. They will be they will be dosing off. Okay? That's my own observation about them. They will be dosing off, they will still be pecking the food. So just as it is the case with the broiler chicken, in like manner, the devil does not struggle to strangle those who have inordinate appetite or hunger for the material weight of this world. So easy for the devil to pick anybody that have inordinate appetite or hunger for the material wealth of this world because such a person is disproportionate in the kind of the gospel he or she is listening to. So the gospel, therefore, must be passionate about the soul need of man. But it must not be disproportionate. It must equally give attention to the physical need and other areas of need of man. So, for a Christian that is balanced, no craftiness of the devil can make such a person to be easily swindled. Hello? No craftiness of the devil can make a balanced Christian to be easily swindled. His craftiness will always crash when deployed against those who are feeding well on the balanced diet of the word of God. The craftiness of the devil will always crash. Okay? Whenever it is deployed against a believer that is feeding well on the balanced diet of the word of God. So, the most effective way, therefore, to manage your hunger for success is to feed on the balanced diet of the word of God. This is the high point or the highest point of today's teaching. That you must recognize that your hunger for success is legitimate. Your hunger for success is God approved. But it must be regulated. It must be managed within the provision of the scripture. And the most effective way to do that is to feed on the balanced diet of the word of God. So you don't stay only on the scripture that motivates you. Hello? You don't stay only on the scriptures that motivates you. You don't stay only on reading and reciting the promises. You must also learn the precepts. So don't stay only on the scriptures that motivate you. You should also receive the scripture that check you with gladness of heart. So there are scriptures that check you. There are precepts that checks you. So receive those one too with the manner of excitement with which you receive those ones that motivate you. Second Timothy 3. I read verse 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. So your approach to the reading of the scripture or accepting the gospel must not be selective. So you don't have that right to select what to believe and what not to believe. You don't have that right to select what to accept and what to reject. As soon as it is the truth of the word of God. Are we together? So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. In other words, it's profitable Okay, for lifestyle philosophy, don't take doctrine only as 
the principle that will take you to heaven. Also, look at doctrine from the perspective of the philosophy with which you are living your life that drives your aspiration. Are we together? For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, what is going to be the result when you do that? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, this will lead us to look at the outlook and the aspiration of the balanced Christian. How do you identify a balanced Christian? How do you structure your aspiration to remain a balanced Christian? Romans 12, 1 and 2 will be our focus. From Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, then we are also going to check on verse 3. It is clear that the regenerated spiritual man, the child of God, the redeemed of the Lord, the born again, is not expected to be a psychological moron. Every aspect of his life, okay, the Bible has the right diet for it. Every aspect of your life, wherein you can suffer hunger, be it emotional, be it psychological, okay, the Bible has the right diet that can satisfy your hunger. So, sound mind is not antithetical to strong faith. That you have strong faith should not mean you should be taking stupid steps. That you have strong faith, okay, does not mean you should be taking stupid steps. That you depend on grace, okay, does not mean you should be taking steps that will end in disgrace. So, sound mind is not antithetical to strong faith. What is actually necessary is that the psychologically sound man must be transformed in mind. Hello? So what will lead to your sound mind, okay, is the transformation that happened to your mind as a result of your submission to the authority of the word of God. So the psychologically sound Christian is one that has been transformed in mind because he has, he has allowed his heart to be circumcised. And when you find such a person, such a person will operate and pursue success within the confines of the will of God. In fact, such a person will avoid high-mindedness. I must get it. Whether somebody will die for it or not, it doesn't concern me. My aim must be achieved. The end justify the means. No, that's not the outlook of the balanced Christian when it comes to the pursuit of success. So let's check Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
You see, the only thing that will not make you so gullible, okay, as to just accept all manners of the principle of this world in the way you live your life, is that first and foremost, your mind is transformed. So if your mind is not transformed, you will conform with the standard of the world. So the way not to conform to the standard of the world and follow satanic ways, follow demonic ways, follow anti-humanity ways in achieving success is to allow your mind to be transformed. Once your mind is not transformed, you will conform with the standard of the world. By the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good. That's why I said the spiritually minded Christian is not a, is not a psychological moron. He has a sound mind. He can prove what is good. Hello? He can differentiate between what is good and what is bad. Have you grown to that level? Or you are just doing it because everybody is doing it? Not only what is good, he can differentiate, even what is acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. You have not started the journey to Christian growth if you cannot discern the perfect will of God. Verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself, you know, I mentioned to you that the outlook of the balanced Christian, okay, part of it is that uh, he will pursue success within the confines of the provision of the word of God. And such a person will avoid high-mindedness. That is, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dared to every man the mayor of faith so faith is not antithetical to sound mind and sound mind is not antithetical to strong faith what is required is that we strike a balance tell somebody strike a balance and I give you the classical example of King Solomon. He gave us a template. After he has experimented, okay, with all manner of methodology, okay, that any man can adopt to achieve success in life, then he reached a conclusion, which he eventually made, which he eventually which he eventually made a prayer to God. So there's this prayer of King Solomon that further affirms the legitimacy of hunger for success. Okay, but such a success must not be driven by carnal-mindedness. Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30. I'll read three verses. Verse 7, 8, and 9. The King Solomon template. He said, Two things have I required of thee. Deny them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food 
convenient for me. The Lord will feed you with food convenient for you. The Lord will feed you with food that satisfies your hunger. No matter the class of hunger you are going through. So this is the right template. He said, lest I be fool and deny thee. And say, who is the Lord? Puffed up and say, who is the Lord? Unless I be poor and steal. We, we mentioned that last week. That wherever there is hunger, okay? Temptation is very present because that is the headquarter of Satan. Hello? So, anywhere you find hunger, okay? The devil takes up duty there. So, the King Solomon recognized this. He said, lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Hunger will not push you to misbehave. Hunger will not push you to do things that you will regret. In the name of Jesus. So let's begin to round it up with this summary. One, from both the last week's study and today's study, we have been able to affirm that hunger for success is a legitimate hunger. Hunger for success is a legitimate hunger. In Bible dictionary, indolence is an aberration. Both from the Old Testament and New Testament. God does not approve of indolence. Lazy mind, lazy bone, God does not encourage any. Are we together? The reason some are lazy in hand is because they are lazy at heart. They don't have passion. They don't have hunger. They don't have vision that's driving them. As many of you that are lazy in heart, may you receive strength in your heart. In the name of Jesus. May you receive the strength of the mind to pursue great things and achieve them. In the name of Jesus. So, in Bible dictionary, indolence is an aberration. It is a ticket to a life of frustration. Indolence is a ticket to a life of frustration. Okay? There is nothing pushing you to wake up early. There is nothing pushing you to save for the future. No, that's a life of indolence. And it's a ticket to a life of frustration. So, God created every man for purposeful and productive living. You will fulfill your glorious destiny. I say you will fulfill your glorious destiny in the name of Jesus. So, no one is born excluding excluded from pursuing sources no one is born excluded from pursuing sources whatever your dream is is achievable if you will realize that you have a purpose to achieve in life however there's the need for us to bear it in mind that the role of god in our sources is not more than the role of a father who enrolls his child into the school the part that God will play in our sources is not more than the role of a father who enrolls his child into his school. Such a father actually is expected to pay the bills, is that not? Who pay the school fees and make all necessary provisions available. Okay? Okay, somebody say mother. Okay, parent. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, he's expected to pay the bills, make all necessary provisions available. 
but you will not attend classes on behalf of the child. Are we together? No matter how he wish, he will not get admitted into the exam hall to write tests for the child. That being the case, as believer, we should understand that God will not perform for us the responsibilities he has crafted us and gifted us to carry out by ourselves. But the philosophy of some Christians towards the issue of success in life, okay, is I hand everything over to God. God will do everything. God can do everything, okay? But he has assigned certain things for you to do, which you must do, which if you don't do, okay, you can't blame God for your failure. So just look at that scenario I have painted to you. A father who enrolls the child into the school. Pay all the necessary bills. Make all necessary provisions uh, available. And yet, okay, the child is saying, Daddy, I didn't see you by sitting by my side when I was uh, in the lecture room. Therefore, I will not go tomorrow. Some people said, God gave us brain so that we can give him rest. I can't agree less with them. God gave us brain so that we can do what? Give him rest. However, in spite of number one and number two, our drive for success must exclude desperation, which has its end in destiny destruction and soul damnation. Even at that, that God expects us to be up and doing, to be diligent, to be focused, to be driven by purpose. Even at that, okay, what God allows for us excludes desperation. Because desperation has its end in destiny, destruction, and soul damnation. Number four, hunger for success is the key factor that motivates diligence. Not only diligence, it motivates excellence. But that can only happen in godly-minded people. So hunger for success is a key factor that motivate diligence and excellence in godly-minded people. However, in other situations, if you are not godly-minded, it can also motivate anxiety. Okay? You look at your right, and you discover that your friend has taken a step ahead of you. You look at your left, and you discover that uh, another friend has taken two steps uh, ahead of you. And then you become so worried and confused. Because you never look back to see one other 1,000 friends that are still lining up behind you. So, allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to regulate your hunger for success so that it does not transmute into anxiety. Because if you allow that to happen, okay, it will draw you to fraud way of living. It will draw you to violent ways, okay, of making ends meet. So, fraud and violence way to success are what you find in the heart of those that have no commitment to obeying the word of God because their mind has not been transformed. So I conclude by saying we need to learn what the Bible teaches about how to manage our hunger for success and practice them. And those are the things I've taken to Sundays to draw our attention to. If you know these things, do them. God bless you in Jesus' name. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of 
all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 08035685882 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, Adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.